Welcome back to another episode of the Bearcat Basketball Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Meacham, former UC basketball player from 1997 to 1999 under the legendary coach, my man, Bob Huggins. And I was fortunate enough to wear the iconic Jordan brand unis during my time. Now, you can follow me on social media. I'm on Twitter and Instagram at Alex underscore Meacham. Meacham spelled M-E-A-C-H-A-M. I'm on Facebook and LinkedIn, Alex Meacham. I'm on Snapchat, at Big Meach 41, and soon to be on TikTok. That's right. Now, this is the special edition of the podcast, my interview series with a very special guest. All right, Bearcat fans. Now, since I started doing this podcast back in November of 2019, the most listened to podcast that I've done is with Bearcat great Tony Bobbitt, like hands down the most listened to. And he and I have been talking about doing a part two interview. And the reason is this. The, the part one that we did, you know, we talked about his entire story, but there were still some pieces to his story that we have not discussed. And it's time we discuss that in part two. And this will be one of the most powerful interviews that I do. I'd like to welcome back in Bearcat Great and one of the biggest fan favorites in UC history, number 15, my guy, Tony Bobbitt. TB, what up? Bearcat. Hey, 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 Meach. Yo. Hey, man, thank you for doing this again, man. And, you know, I, when I got off the phone with you after we did the interview, you know, the, the, I saw your Twitter blowing up from Bearcat Nation, and then I got a call from Eric Hicks and Corey Blunt saying, man, that's the best damn podcast we heard, you know, since people have been making podcasts. So I said, I just kept it real, man. <laughs> yeah, but, it, it, but, you know, how, I enjoyed how do you, it. How do you explain the reaction you know, people had to the to the first interview. I mean, Bearcat fans love you, TB. Well, I just, I mean, if anybody's going to listen to this podcast, I honestly think that they would agree when I say since the first day I stepped on campus, I've always been honest and I've always spoke my mind. And I've, one thing that I've noticed that in order to play for Bob Huggins, you you got to be real with yourself. Yep. Um, I just think that I was I was honest with the fans. I was always, always, you know, fair with the fans and I was you know if anybody ever asked me a question I was straight up with them I didn't beat around the bush for so sure I, I think that's where it carried over yep absolutely now listen last interview I mean we really took a hard dive into your basketball career and we talked about the entire journey now when we spoke a few days after we did the interview you said that you were ready to speak about the murder of your mother it was time and, and really, this is this is one of the first times publicly that you've really spoken about it. And why is it time now, Tony? Because it's time for other people to understand that all you mm-hmm. guys that's running around there, and, and ladies too, you know, you're, 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 you're on scholarship, and God has really blessed you to play college basketball or even college sports. And when you look back at your family, you say, you know, I got a mom and a dad. But what we don't realize is we don't cherish our mom and dad as much as we should. And, you know, I just want to let everybody know, like, you know, the the situation that happened with my mom really, really changed my life uh, as, 
as, you know, anger, you know, frustration, anxiety, mm-hmm. you know, PTSD, CTE. I mean, I was diagnosed with a lot of stuff, man. I didn't even know what it was. So my thing <laughs> is, you got a mom at the house. Tell your mom every day or your dad every day you love them, despite the, the things that you're going through in your home. Because I'll tell you something real. Getting out that funeral home car, walking into that church, looking at your mom or dad in that casket, guess what? She can't get up. He can't get up and say, you can't tell her, oh, I'm sorry, or I'll do right. the dishes today. I'll do the, I'll wash the, it's over. So my right. biggest, my biggest thing is if you have your parents to this day, call them today, call them tomorrow, tell them how much you love them, because I can't do that anymore. Mm-hmm. I can't pick up the phone and call my mom no more. Mm-hmm. Now, I haven't been able to do that since 1997. Yeah. So, yeah. you know. And, and and Tony, and like you said before, I think you hit it on the head, man. The, the the great thing about you is you're gonna give everybody the raw and the real. And that's that's one of the reasons I was really looking forward to doing this interview. And listen, I, I actually have no script for this interview because I no, know how I know Bear how Cat wrong Nation, really. you're getting ready to hear the damn truth. Y'all yeah. y'all y'all read about it. Now you're getting ready to hear the damn truth about my mom. Y'all wanna know the truth. I'll give all y'all the truth. Y'all been waiting all these years to know the real truth about Tony Bobby and what happened with his mom. Let's get it, Alex. Let's do it. So let's let's take us back to 1997. You're a 17-year-old kid in Daytona Beach, and you're going to Mainland High School, just hooping. What is life, what is life like for you at that time? Just before we get into mom, just what's life like as a 17-year-old kid right now? I'm the number one player in the state. I lead the state in scoring. I just came off a state championship. Life is great. I got a dad, man, that's just my father and Coach Huggins and anybody that knows my dad, everybody knows that my dad is the best dad in the world. And mm-hmm. at, at 17 years old, man, I was – I had I had the, the world in my hands. I mean, yeah. I had just signed with Florida State out of high school with Steve Robinson, while, yes, because that was my junior year. Um, I went to Nike camp, got ranked in the top 15th in the country, came back. I mean, at 17, Alex, life was good, man, until that one Sunday morning, April 17th. You know, that that really changed my life, 1030 in the morning. Now, so at that time, did you, were your mother and father together? Did they live, did you live with them? Did you live separately with your mom? No, my mom and dad wasn't together. But I'm going to tell you all this, and I'm going to share this with the Bearcat Nation. This is what makes my dad so real. My dad did not, my dad was not with my mom ever since we were five years old, me and my sisters. Okay. My dad paid all my mom's bills. Now, mm. you tell me what man that's not with their woman and paying all her bills. <laughs> right, right. My mom, I'm serious. My mom was in the streets. She was strung out on heroin. Mm. And my dad saved my mom. My dad would pick my dad would pick my mom up to make sure that she had a place to stay at first or she she had food and she you know she was doing the right thing. So I don't know how many men out there like that. I don't I don't see that no more. I mean, my right. dad was there for my mom and that's what made me love my dad even more by him showing me that Tony, I'm not going to give up on your mama just because she had some trials and tribulations. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Yeah, for sure. So, so who did you live? Did you split time? Live with your dad sometimes, your mom, or so, you with your mom full time? John Albright was considered my stepfather, but he's my father. He's the man that raised me. Mm-hmm. So, 
when my mom and dad, when when my mom and dad, my stepfather, or my dad, when my mom and dad got divorced, my dad had full custody because he was the he had all the stability. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Mom was in the streets, so the judge gave me to my dad. But I keep telling you, my dad is such a great man. He didn't even care about what the judge was saying. He was like, Tony, you can go to your mom's house whenever you want. Mm-hmm. So by all that, my mom would say, okay, well, since he's letting you come over anytime, I appreciate that, John. And that, and that right there, they became good friends behind all that because now mom don't hate dad because I'm with dad. You know what I'm saying? Right, for sure. For so sure. my mom is loving my dad even more. Like she's getting clean. You could see herself like, gaining weight you could see you know he even fixed up her mouth man he even got like brand new dentures in her mouth he paid a lot of money to fix up her mouth man right before she got killed mm-hmm. so I, I had the best of both worlds my dad is a preacher and he's a concrete owner and my mom is a heroin addict and she's in the streets so mm-hmm. i got the best of both worlds yeah so how, how did you okay so let, let's let's kind of dive into your mom's um story a little bit Okay. How did you deal with that growing up as a kid, knowing you're looking at your mom and she's a heroin addict? In a lot of cases, sometimes when people get on heroin or other strong drugs like this, it's almost like you can't do anything to help them. And, and, and it gets tough, especially when you're a 17-year-old kid and even younger. So how did you deal with that? I got picked on a lot. But you know mm. what, Bearcat Nation? I got picked on a lot. Oh, your mom smoked crack. See, there's a lot of things that uh, – uh, everybody don't know that play that you see, but you know my boy Eric Kicks knows because I shared my story with Eric. Um, I got picked on a lot, man, and you know I cried a lot behind closed doors because I thought that you know why why God why my mama you know what I'm saying like mm-hmm. why my mama got to why my mama got to smoke dope and you know slam heroin and but you know what it made it and I'm not I'm not saying this because we saw this the other night, but I truly believe what Steve Kerr said, Bearcat Nation, that. When my mom was murdered, that was the fuel and the fire for me to go out there and play basketball and give it all I had. Mm-hmm. So when that happened, I just said, you know what? Every day I'm going to take this basketball and I'm going to get this off my mind. And, and, and I know she's watching down and I know she's guiding me. And I'm going to use that fuel and I'm going to put it out here on the basketball court and I'm going to run from there. That's why you get all the emotion. That's why yeah. you see the emotion. That's not really me. That's my mama in me. Mm. Like I, I don't even share. I don't even tell people that because some people might think that's crazy, but it's real. My yeah. mom, my mom, Erlene Bobbitt is still living in me. Mm-hmm. Like I, everything that I do or everything that I've, I, I've, I've accomplished, I honestly think that besides Jesus Christ, she had a lot to do with. And I was going to ask you the, the emotion you have always played with since I've watched you. That's that has a lot to do with your mother. She would always say, "My mom got killed my junior year." She would always say, "Hard work and dedication, son." She'd say, "Hard work and dedication, son, to get you a long way." Mm-hmm. And, and 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 I never I, I didn't understand that, but it's true. You know you know you know Alex. Seriously, it sucks. I mean, honestly, man, you you can have the NBA back. You can have the, the Cincinnati Bearcat back. Y'all can have all that back. I'd rather have my mama, man. Yeah, for sure. You know what I'm saying? Like, when, sure. I see these guys buying they, when I see these guys buying their mom home and I see these guys taking their moms on vacation, 
sometimes, man, I have to take a step back, you know, and, and gather myself because I'd be wanting to break down and cry because these are the things that I couldn't do for my mom, and mm-hmm. I made some good money playing basketball. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it so, sucks, man. So did you did you think about that when you were like – you know, 16 and 17, obviously being one of the top players in the state of Florida, knowing there was potential for you to go to the NBA eventually. Did you have those conversations with your mother like, hey, mom, when I finally make it to the NBA and I get there, we're going to get you out of this situation. We're going to get you straight. Did you have those conversations with her? I wish my high school coach was listening to this right now because he can vouch. I used to always tell my mom, mom, guess what? When I get to the NBA, we're going to go get this this big old house and you're going to have your garden with your, <laughs> your, your tomatoes, your mm. cucumbers that you like to plant, you know what I'm saying? Yo, yo, I'm, I'm going to get you the biggest watermelon so you could just put nut butter salt in it and just eat eat away, Ma. <laughs> yep. You know what she would always say? Hmm. Don't put your faith in man. Put your faith in God, son, and it'll happen. Mm-hmm. My mama used to say that. Like, these are words that you don't know nothing about when you're a child. I used to tell my mom all the time, Ma, you see that motorcycle over there? I know you like motorcycles. Don't worry about it, Ma, about Seven, eight more years, you're going to have like 10 of them. And she would always say, keep your faith in God, not in man, son. She would never say, okay, son, all right, I believe you. She would always say, keep your faith in God, son, not man. So yeah. my mama was my mama was something special to me, man. She, she, she would get out there and rebound the ball for me, man. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? She knew nothing about basketball. She was too busy. T- I keep it real, man. My mama was too busy chasing the damn streets. Mm-hmm. My mama was into the streets. My mama liked crack cocaine and heroin, okay? My mama would tell me, if I came into her home, she made sure that nobody was with her, with me, because she would say, who's with you? And she'd sit right there in front of me and slam that heroin or smoke that dope. And that's in, facts, man. In front that of you. That made me, that right there told me, I got to be strong, not only for me, but for my family. And I got to accomplish something. And I don't know how many people, Alex, that can find their mama dead with no head on their shoulder. My mama was decapitated, man. She didn't have no head, man. And how many people can say that they can make it out the ghetto and still go play college ball and still play college basketball, I mean pro basketball? Come on, yeah. man. I, I think I did well, man. Oh, beyond well. And, and, and <laughs> I, I, beyond well. And I want to get, in, I wanna get into some of the, the detail of that day in 1997. But let me ask you this question. How did you avoid – like drugs, like if you see, you know, a lot of us, we look at our, our parents as superheroes, but yet, you know, your mom was doing drugs and that could have been an easy way for you to say, you know what, she's doing it. I can do it. How come you didn't get addicted? You didn't go to the route of heroin. Nah, but we keeping it real on the podcast. So I'm gonna go ahead and throw it out there. It ain't no secret. I mean, shit, if you've been around me, you know, Tony Bobby. So when my guys on the podcast and they hear, they can't say, well, damn, why tone line? No. I like marijuana. Mm-hmm. I mean, we young kids, man. I smoke marijuana. But the question you're asking me, the hard drug, I don't Correct. know. I don't know. I'm not going to lie. It was there. My family was around it. I've I seen it every day. I mean, I'm not going to lie to you. I've never tried it. I've tried marijuana and I drink, but I don't, that other stuff, that, that shit is for the birds. I right. always said this. This is my saying still to this day. Why smoke dope? My mom has smoked dope for all of us, so we're good. We don't need to smoke it no more. Yeah. My mom gave her life to that bullshit. Mm-hmm. So why? So I didn't. I was like, yo, I ain't going to do this. I'll smoke me a little marijuana, 
and do my thing. But other than that, I don't know, Alex. I just I think I was stronger than that, to be honest with you, big bro. I mm-hmm. think I, I think I think mentally I didn't want to go out like the way my mom did. You know, my mom was killed. A man killed my mom, Bearcat Nation. Listen to this shit. A man by the name of Gregory Murphy killed my mom, cut her head off, and then raped her over a gram of fucking dope. How about that? Mm. So when y'all sitting in y'all home and y'all watching this first 48 and y'all think this shit is a game, that shit ain't no game. Like, I, I would really get going on this podcast and let y'all know, man. Y'all need to start cherishing your mamas, your grandmamas, your aunties, your uncles. Because guess what? When they dead, they dead. Ain't no coming back. Ain't no, ain't no going to the mall, school shopping. Ain't no going to, uh, to the club. Ain't no family reunions no more. They dead, mm-hmm. man. It's over. And I had to realize that. So anytime I came across people, I always smile. I always interact with the fans. I let people know that I care about y'all just as much as y'all care about me because of my mama. No question. So let's just jump into it, Tony. Take us through that day. Just take us us exactly through everything that happened that day. All right. It was April 16th. It was a Saturday night. My dad, it was spring break. It was, uh, we were in high school. It was April 16th, Saturday night, and I don't know if you remember this, though, Alex Meacham. Um, remember back in the day when we used to have Daytona Beach Spring Break? Mm-hmm. MTV, oh, yeah. MTV, MTV Daytona Beach Spring Break? Absolutely. Well, I'm, sure. from born, I'm, I'm born and raised Daytona Beach, so we're on the beach side. And my father, I, t- I called my father on the house phone, because at that time there was no cell phone. Mm-hmm. I called Pops and said, hey, Pops, do you mind if I stay out all night? I'm going to be with the, you know my friends, and we're at the hotel. So he said, well, Tony... Make sure you're safe and give me the address to the hotel right now, just in case something happens. That's how my dad was. So I was like, all right, cool. So that night, I didn't want to stay at the hotel, and I'm being honest, due to, you know, crazy activity that was going on in and out of the hotel. So I left. Mm-hmm. When I left, I went to my cousin's house, Erica Sylvester, and my cousin E, my cousin Erica, his her boyfriend. When I went over there, they needed a babysitter that night because they were going out. I had just got over there around 11. And I remember this story just like I told the detectives. I remember this story like it was yesterday. When I got over to my cousin's house, my cousin Erica said, Tony, can you watch the kids? Me and Eric are going to go out. I was like, oh, yeah, for sure. No problem. Well, I stay the night. No, no, I take that back. Let me back up a little bit, Bearcat family. Before I went to my cousin's house, I went to my mom's house. That's the truth. I'm sorry. I tried to open the door. The door was locked. I went around the back door. The door was locked. So I jumped on, I jumped on my bike and, 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 and went to my cousin's house. That's mm-hmm. what happened. Let me slow down. Okay. So when I got to my cousin's house, I stayed the night. When I woke up on April 17, 1997, that was a Sunday morning, I rode the bike from the project to my mom's home. When I got to my mom's home, I remember putting the bike down in the front yard, going around to the side door, screen door, opening the door, the door was unlocked, and Bearcat Nation, Alex Meacham, when I walked in the house, my mom was laying right there in a pool of blood with newspaper over it. My good friend, Steve Herbert, who was with me that morning, you know, he ran. He, it, it scared him. Mm-hmm. So, so when I walked in the house, I seen her legs, and I said, oh, my God. I unraveled the newspaper, and she didn't have a head. Oh, Jesus. Her head was in the bathroom sink. 
Now, y'all Bearcat Nation, y'all sure y'all work ready for this shit? Y'all, mm. y'all, y'all really, really sure y'all want this shit? Because I can give it to you or I can stop. So y'all pick one, but I'm going to give it to you. So when I found her head, I picked the head up and put it back to the body, which I done, now I done messed up a crime scene. Oh, man. So now I don't know what to do. So you know what I do? Hmm. I got a little bit of weed and I got a little bit of cocaine. And I sit right there Indian style and I snort my cocaine and I smoke my weed. Yes, I did. Right in front of the police. Now, they, now granted, they didn't want me doing it. But you know what? When you see something like that, everything is out the window. Right. Now, Bearcat Nation, don't judge me because y'all heard cocaine. That's just something that I had to do. I had to, I, I had to, to find myself. I had, I had to, like, understand. I didn't understand what was going on, so I was like, you know, fuck it. Why, right. You took my mama's life. You might as well take my life. Mm-hmm. So the first person I called was my best friend, Charlene Clark. She lives in Atlanta right now. Her and her sister, Maisha Clark, came to the scene, and that's when I called my Uncle Hal and my Auntie Brenda, the detectives there, and they were the ones first sent to the scene too. And, man, that day was just, I, I can't even believe, like, I still have vivid memories of me seeing my mom. Like, mm. just, she even had the knife. You know, we watched it on video again. She had the knife in her head. He stabbed her in the head. Mm. And then he raped her. Like, how can you do somebody like that? Man. Yeah, E. Alex, are you sure you're ready for this? <laughs> and, 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 Tony, like, I, I had not heard all the details. And yeah. Just, like, the crazy thing is you're telling this, like, I, I'm picturing the whole situation, and you've been 17 years old. Like, yes. adults can't deal with this stuff. Listen, you're Bearcat 17. Nation, check Bearcat Nation, check this shit out. I found my mom dead on a Sunday. That following Tuesday, I go out and get what I had. I had 55 points. Me and my good friend Tim Pickett was just talking about it yesterday on, on, on FaceTime because I was telling him that I'm doing the, the podcast with you. So basically mm -hmm. what I'm trying to say, Bearcat Nation, I found my mom dead on a Sunday morning. That following Tuesday we had a game. I had 55 points. Wow. I'm telling you guys, if you don't tell your parents you love them and you don't appreciate them while they're here, it's going to hurt you in the long run when they're gone. And that's real. No question. That's so, real. Tony, talk to us a little bit about this this man that did this. What what was his reason for doing this? Uh, had 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 you seen him before? Did you know him at all? Okay. So my dad's best friend, his name is Mr. Henry. The mayor of our city right now is Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry was my high school coach with Coach Charles Brinkerhoff with Vince Carter. Mm -hmm. So to make a long story short, Coach Henry's father used to own a palm tree company. This guy, Gregory Murphy, was looking for some work and stumbled along Coach Henry's dad, you know, Mr. Henry Sr., and wanted some work. Mm -hmm. Mr. Henry's wife at the time, Miss Lindsay, and my mom were good friends. So one day, my mom was over at the house, and Gregory Murphy was over at their house, and him and my mom started talking, and that's how they met. Gotcha. So they started hanging out, coming to find out. He liked crack cocaine. Of course, my mom liked crack cocaine. 
That's and you know, and that led to that. So and you had you had met him before? I've never met this? this man before. I have okay. never met this man before. I didn't know what he looked like. I I didn't even know where he was from. When when you when you saw her and then um you know her body, obviously you're traumatized. Hey, but hey, yeah. go ahead and ask me the damn question, man. This no, thing I, happened 24 years ago, my brother. I'm strong. I, and listen, I got to be strong. Listen, I got to be strong for you, Bearcat Nation, and my family about this. So come on, yeah. bro. Ask me. Go ahead. Did Did you process what had happened? Like, who did this? Did you have an idea that the, the, the person that she was dating or talking to could have done this? Did you have any idea? You know what? Coming from Daytona Beach, it's a little town, and you would you would you would assume to that you could you could vouch for this. When you live in a little town, everybody pointing fingers at everybody. Hell, the, the finger was even pointed at me at one point. Ain't that crazy? That is crazy. Yes, because when I, I'm the guy that found her, so I didn't right. understand. I didn't understand a homicide investigation. So what happened was, by my fingerprints being in a doorknob, I had to give them blood. I gave them hair samples. I gave them saliva. I gave them everything. My dad, John Albright, gave them the same thing. Now. My mom had a couple friends when I was a young kid who she used to introduce me to, you know. But these guys was taking care of my mom, man. Every time I see my mom, she had new this, new car, new this. So it wasn't those guys. Mm-hmm. I remember what my dad said. My dad said, son, whoever killed your mama, they're not from here. Because we would have – my dad put a $300,000 reward out, man. I didn't wow. grow up poor. Just so everybody know, I didn't grow up poor. I had a daddy. I got a daddy that, you know, he can't, he couldn't read or write that well. And I give you the truth. My daddy's 74 years old, man, from Savannah, Georgia. Mm-hmm. But he a damn good daddy. And he told me, he said, Tony, we're going to find out who killed your mama. And when he put mm-hmm. that money up and we knew we couldn't find out and we still couldn't find out who killed my mama, it was somebody from out of town. So mm-hmm. at first they thought it was my cousin, Lene. And then my daddy was like, What? Why would my nephew kill my, my ex-wife? No way. My daddy didn't even believe that. I didn't even believe that. So then when the detectives talked to my cousin, which he's passed away now, my cousin, he, he, my cousin submitted everything for him, and his stuff came back negative. So then they were like, holy shit. Who done killed Erlene? Now check this out. We get a new chief of police, Mr. Chickwood, from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. He comes in. My mom's case is the first case he saw when he came in. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm saying. So I don't know, E. I go all over the place about this damn story about my mom, man, because I be wanting other people to understand how valuable their mom is. If your mama can't buy you no Jordans or no Nikes or no Reeboks, so what? That's still your mama. Mm-hmm. If your mama tell you to take the damn trash out or mow the lawn, mow the lawn. That's still your mama. You cherish right. your mama. Now, if you got a daddy in the house, as a man, of course you're going to have some words back because you feel like you're a man. But when your mama tell you to shut up, you keep up and shut up. That's it. You don't mm-hmm. need to, like, because when she's dead, Alex, when you lose your mama, bro, that's like losing. That's like everything that went down the drain, bro. That's your mama, bro. This is a lady that you've been looking at your whole life, and now you got to put under, you, you got to bury her. Now, how do you deal with, so the circle of people you have around you, who's your circle that helps you get through this at that time. Um, um, and I'm gonna be real here. Um, besides my dad, my high school coach Brinkerhoff, Vince Carter. Um, Vince had a lot to do with it. Whether that, a lot of people don't know this or not. Uh, 
and I'm going to be honest, my dad could tell you, Vince used to show up at the house all the time when he was playing in Toronto and he came home He uh, during the summer. He came to the house a lot, and he always asked my dad, if, you know, if we ever needed anything. And um, uh, Oh, my dad's tax man, Mr. Steve Miller. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Mr. Miller was there for me, man. Um, mm-hmm. Man, the whole town, really. You know, I just got my high school jersey retired in January. I don't know, Alex. Everybody was there, but the main support was my high school coach, my dad, and I got to say Vince. You know what I'm saying? What was Vince saying to you? Vince was just like, T, you know what I'm saying, whatever you need. He was like, dog, I can't I can't relate to this because this, it didn't happen to me. He was just like, but what I can do, if if you need anything, man, or you, you know, you want to get out, you want to come up here with me, and you want to, you know what I'm saying, get away from all this mess, I'm, I'm here for you. And he ain't yep. never lied to me. Man, I was in college at UC. Notice my shoes. I never wore Jordans. I was wearing Vince Carter's. Look at my shoes. Mm-hmm. Vince sent me everything when I was in college, man. Yep. I wasn't getting money from boosters. That's why I try to tell everybody, like, why y'all be lying on Coach Huggins? Come on. Coach Huggins giving us stuff. No, he didn't. Coach Huggins, they never get – ain't no booster ever gave us shit. Mm-hmm. I get mad about that. Vince Carter, Vince Carter, Vince Carter himself took care of me. And Air Kicks can vouch on that. Mm-hmm. So with my mama, Vince looked at me and said, damn, man, this man, I lost his mama, man. I got to be there. So that's where he was. Right. And with that, without that circle you had, I mean, it, it would have got bad for you. Like man, you said listen. something, you said something I thought was powerful earlier. Someone took your mom's life. So why do, why do I have to continue to live? Like if you don't have a good circle, you could have gone down a terrible path. Listen, guys, and Bearcat, y'all need to know this. I thought about suicide all the time when I was at that age, when I lost my mom. That whole week, that entire week, my dad had to sleep in the same room with me. My dad didn't even go to his office or nothing because he had to be with me. Mm. I'm serious, guys. Like, y'all want to share the story? I'm sharing the damn story. Yes, I thought about suicide for almost six months. And, and what, kept, put, what, what kept you away from that? My, my, that basketball. Yeah. Yep. That that I basketball and my and my sisters. Mm-hmm. The support I had for my sisters. Cause I ain't gonna lie, I ain't wanna be there no more. I ain't. Wanna, mm-hmm. I love my mom. I look just like her, but she had a she got hair. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I look just like her. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it was like, you ever had that one mama at the high school game and she talking smack with you? She's like, give it to him, baby. <laughs> Go around it. Dunk on him, baby. Uh oh, there it is. That yep. was my mama. Yep, yep. You know what I'm saying? I know I know that mom at the games, yep. Yeah, so it's like that was my mama. And when my mama walked in the gym, just let me let everybody know this. My mama wasn't one of those ladies that smoked dope and slayed heroin and she was dirty and her hair wasn't done. No, my mom was what you called a closet smoker. She'd go mm-hmm. to work, come home, slam her heroin, smoke her dope. But when my mama stepped out, her hair was done, her nails was done, and boy, did Erlene look good. You hear me? <laughs> I'm being honest. But you didn't know that. You wouldn't know that if you weren't in the immediate family. Right. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, man, yeah, man. I, man, listen, I miss my mama. I love my mama. I appreciate the shit out of my mama. But, man, fellas, ladies, if you're listening to this podcast, Please call your mama every day like I do my daddy every day. Bug the shit out of them. Even if they mm-hmm. don't want to talk, just tell them you love them. 
just leave a voicemail and say, I love you. I know you don't want to answer because I've called you five, six times. <laughs> but just tell them I'm, I'm yeah. serious because guess what? There's a song by the, by the Canton Spirituals, and it says, one day your day is coming. And guess what? When we all get to the gate, all them Bentleys, all them Ferraris, all these big-ass houses, all these cars, none of that matter no more. Yep, can't take them with none you. None of that. You can't take – my daddy said this. You ain't never seen a U-Haul behind a hearse, have you? That's right. Amen. My grandmother would always say that. Yep. Yeah, Alex, Alex, mm. I mm-hmm. learned a lot from my mama, man, a lot. My street <laughs> smarts come from my mama. My street credibility, the reason why I'm able to go home and walk the streets with my partners and not be touched is because of my mama, honestly. It ain't got nothing to do with no basketball. They respected my mama, man. Mm-hmm. Still to this day, Alex. How much did how much did that that event that day change you? Okay. It's called Killer Instinct. I ain't even know what Killer Instinct was till I found a dead. I went on that basketball court and thought I was the best in the world. Mm-hmm. That changed that, that, that Tuesday. Changed me. Huh? Talking about that, that, you talking about that game on that Tuesday following yes. her death? Yeah. Yes. Like, I couldn't even I, – I like, it was retarded, man. My whole attitude changed towards people. I looked at life real then. I understand that we can die for real. We could be here today and leave, and leave tomorrow. No question. I, uh, I took life serious. I mean, if anybody knows me, they always can say, well, Tony's smiling, but, man, he's serious all the time. I am. Mm-hmm. I just think that – I don't know, Alex. I'm going to ask you a question on top of a question because you just – let me ask you this. Do yep. you think God takes stuff away from us so we can prosper? Like God took my mama, but I went yep. to the NBA. Like God took my mama, but I was still able to go to college and play for one of the best college basketball coaches of all time. For and sure. then go play for one of the best franchises of all time. For sure. Yeah. So I honestly think that when God takes something away from us, he replaces something you know, to mm-hmm. show us that I'm still with you. And you just said something. Let's, I, I, I want to dive into this. I want to talk about you dealing with this situation during your time at UC, because when you're at UC, the, no one had been convicted at that time, correct? They, they didn't know who did it, nothing right. while you were at UC, right? You're right. So um, not a lot of people knew about this situation when you were at UC, Correct. Correct. Um, how were those? First of all, we're going to talk about how you dealt with it while at, while you were at UC. But what were those conversations like with Coach Huggins in regards to this? Because I know you had emotional ups and downs because of this. How were those conversations with Hugs? Hugs is, you know, <laughs> Hugs funny man. Hugs used to be like, man, how in the hell? You know, and, and this is real, man. Coach Huggins used to say, Bobby, how in the hell you go? How you? How do you wake up in the morning and see a smile behind this shit? Yeah. Like, how did you make it to us? Like, how are you still here? Mm-hmm. Like, I and I and I and I used to look at Coach Huggins and say, I guess you know the, the faith of God, Coach Huggins, and he respected that. Like Coach Huggins always told me. I mean, Alex, look around, look at the players that Coach Huggins coach. These ain't no guys come from prima donna homes. Right. How yep. do these guys come from, you know, messed up situations? Yep. I mean, look at Corey Blunt. Look at Nick Look at Nick Van Exel's situation. His mama was murdered as a cop. Mm-hmm. How many Bearcat family know that? Yep. So yep. Coach Huggins understood. 
he understood trials and tribulations. I honestly think he did. That's the reason why he took us in the way he took us in. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the reason why he was so hard on us. But what they don't what they don't tell the story, and I'll tell you this, I am so waiting on ESPN or any one of them weak-ass shows to lie on Coach Huggins because I'm going to get on that show and I'm going to tell the truth. Coach Huggins was tough. <laughs> Coach Huggins was tough on us. But behind closed doors, Coach Huggins gave us hugs, kisses, and he told us he loved us. Yep. You know what I'm saying? So yep, I want to no hear that. That's what he did for me, man. Yep. We know that. We know that. It's important that other people know that and understand that. And with my mom, man, he was there, man. He always told me, if you need somebody to talk to about it, I got you. But at that time, Alex, you know, you're trying to be a man. You're trying to be tough. You don't want to see nobody. You don't want to see no. You don't want nobody to see you break down. You know what I mean? Right. Yep. So it's like, if I vent to Coach Huggins and I'm away from the team, then somebody gonna think something up. So I gotta keep. I just stay strong, man. And look at some of the shots I hit. The game winners I hit at UC, man. Them some all-time great game winning shots. Yep. Mm-hmm. Like. And I honestly give the praise besides Jesus to my mama because she the one looking. Man, that damn mm-hmm. shot I shot, I shot against Louisville to win uh-huh. the game my senior year. Man, I don't yep. even know how that went in. <laughs> Your mom got it that in, right? My mom, man, my mama. Yeah. I always tell my daddy that. My mama, man. My mama, mm-hmm. mama. Look, my mama didn't have no tattoos. I don't have any tattoos. My mama didn't have gold teeth in her mouth. I don't have gold teeth. She didn't have no piercings. I don't have piercings. I'm just like her, bro. Mm-hmm. I'm every bit of Earlene Bobbitt. Yep. Now, when you, when you were at UC during your time, how much did you think about your mom and, and really just, like, break down? Oh, all the time. I would break down at my boy Congo shop at Exclusive. Mm-hmm. I would go talk to Congo about it, and me and Congo was because of where he come from. I don't know if you know Congo, right? I don't. <clears throat> over, 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 right up, right up there on Vine Street that owns the store exclusive, men's mm-hmm. exclusive. Um, okay. Um, I would go up there, man, and I did a lot of my bit in the Congo. Um, I did a lot of my bit in my my good friend Ike, that owns mm-hmm. the barber school in Cincinnati right now. Mm-hmm. I did a lot of my bit in the Chad Johnson, Ocho Cinco. Yep. I got a lot of good friends that live over in Hyde Park who I used to mess with, like my boy. Shout out to my boy Jermaine Boyd and Kara Boyd. Uh, um, Jermaine Boyd Jr. That's my family. That's that's those are the people that I was with. Um, I I broke down a lot. Uh, uh, Adam, I, I can't lie, Alex. I'm sorry. Uh, man, that shit was crazy. <laughs> you trying yeah. to be the man on campus? I can't go nowhere around Cincinnati because everywhere I go at that time, everybody know me. Oh yeah. Yep. But what sucks is, I remember one time, me and my girlfriend at the time, we were in Olive Garden, and I told her to turn around. And she turned around, and I said, look at that, look at that son and mama. I wish I had that right there. Mm-hmm. And all I remember is, I had tears coming down my eyes. And the waitress asked me, she said, are you Tony Bobbitt? I said, yes. She said, are you okay? I said, yes. And then my girlfriend, Christina at the time, she said, everything's okay, and the lady walked away, and then Christina came to the table and sat on my side, and we just talked. Like, mm-hmm. a lot of times, Bearcat Nation and Alex, I broke down about my mama. I just didn't let y'all see it. Right. I thought I thought if I let y'all see it, y'all was going to give me the sympathy, and that ain't what I needed right then. I needed right. to stay strong 
for myself and for my family. Mm-hmm. So I just always say, but I broke down. Trust that. <laughs> Trust yeah. that. I mean, I mean, basketball was your therapy. Hey, didn't you hear Steve Kerr say it the other night? Yeah. When his dad got murdered. What did what did so what did you think about that? You know that when they went through in the last dance, they talked about Michael Jordan's dad getting murdered, Steve Kerr's dad getting shot in the head. I mean, what were your thoughts when you were listening to that? I'm sure that drew you right back to your mom. Don't you think when MJ lost his father, that gave him ammunition to go out there and just kill their ass? Yeah. Yeah. And why did Steve Kerr make it? Steve mm-hmm. Kerr didn't make it because Steve Kerr didn't make it because he was a slow white man or he was he was six foot coming from Arizona. No, he made it because he had it in his heart. I'm going to do it for my daddy. This is mm-hmm. for my daddy. I'm I'm telling he told you. He said, when I got out here, this right here was my therapy. Didn't he say that? Mm-hmm. Yep. So I honestly think that Michael, if Michael Jordan was listening to this podcast and he don't know me, Mike don't really know me like that. He know I'm in the same system, but he don't know me like that. I honestly think that Michael Jordan, is, Mr. Steve Kerr would say, Mr. Bob is right. When we mm-hmm. lost our dad, I honestly think that this was our therapy to say, you know what, screw everybody else. I'm going to prove to y'all that I'm getting ready to do this and my parents going to be proud of me. And that's what happened. Yeah. I mean, come yeah. on, man. This man loses. Steve Kerr's dad gets shot for no reason, man. For no yep. reason. In the my head. mom get killed. My mom get killed because she bring a man home and, and, and he wanted to sleep with her. She smokes his dope. He wants to sleep with her and then he kills her for no reason. MJ dad gets shot for no reason. Come on, mm-hmm. man. I don't know. I honestly think, though, that God takes stuff away from us, like I said 10 minutes ago, to give us something else. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm just saying, Alex. Yeah. I'm, no, I'm with you, TB. But this is a good, hey, hey, this is a good conversation, man. I'm glad I'm talking to you about this. It's been a while since I talked about my mom, man. No, this is this is great because, well, well first of all, um, I've never heard the complete story. You and I have never talked in detail about this. And, and so many people in Bearcat Nation have no idea about this. How how more people didn't know about this when you played at UC was amazing to me. Like, I talked to fans. People don't know about this, how it was kept so quiet. And, and you managed to never use that, use anything as an excuse when you played. You, you nope. just played, right? Yep. Yep, and that's the truth. I wasn't the best Bearcat. I'm not I'm not the best Bearcat of all time. And I'm going to say this, Bearcat Nation, there's no best Bearcat of all time. What we are, we are brothers. We are brothers mm-hmm. that play for one man that taught us to be strong mentally and tough physically. He taught us to love each other. Bob Huggins taught us to tell the truth. Bob Huggins also taught us if you get to that rack, you better not give up that damn layup. <laughs> you get what I'm saying? I'm just trying to get you guys to smile now. But what I'm saying is yep. we all come from the same situation at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. And and to go to college and play for a legendary coach that yep. understands your problems and understands your flaws and know that he going to love and, and be there for you no matter what, mm-hmm. that's the best feeling in the world. When you yeah. know you can cry in front of your coach and your teammates and not be laughed at because they feel your pain, yeah. and you know you know that's a brotherhood. I cried in front of my teammates. Yep. They Fam- know this. Yep. Yep. I, mean, I keep saying air kicks because I spent more time with that six foot five, <laughs> two hundred and sixty pounder that want to just grab him <laughs> by the neck every time. 
Yep, yep. You know, he, he that boy always want to choke my choke the life out of me. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yep. He, but he, he understood my story. He called me right after he listened to the part one podcast that you and I did. And he, he called me, man. He was like, man, that was so good. Like He called me right away. That's my never, boy, man. Yeah, man, right away. Hey, T, I want to jump into... You know, back to this 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 man that, that murdered your mother, and why why did it take so long for 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 the detectives and the police department, whoever else was involved, to convict this man and find out what really happened? All right, let, let me break it down real sweet and short. You notice all these shows on TV now, all these guys coming up with these murder charges now. Yep. These new these new crime shows that they're getting. Mm-hmm. It's called Dana, baby. Yes, mm-hmm. sir. It's called DNA, baby. Mm-hmm. See, back then, Bearcat Nation, we didn't have DNA. So when mm-hmm. Gregory Murphy killed my mom in 97, he went to prison in 98. But when he went, he went to go do 10 years for something, out of we don't know. But he got out in, oh, he got out in, no, no, I'm sorry. He got out in 07. When he was getting out, before you get out of prison, they do a national database. You know what I'm saying? They swab your mouth to see if you got other crimes out there. Oh, wow. By that time, we had Dana, baby. Huh. Woo! We got Dana, uh, Bearcat Nation, and Dana, Dana got his ass. Mm. And I was in, I was, I was in Germany playing. I was playing in Bremerhaven, and I got a call at three o'clock in the morning from Daytona Beach detectives. And my high school coach brother, Rob Brinkerhoff, was on the case, and he's the one that showed up to my mom's case in the beginning. He told my family, "Mr. Bobbitt, I'm not retiring until I find out who killed your mama." And he wow. gave me my word. And yep. I woke up that morning. I got a phone call. Gregory Murphy had just been released from an Atlanta prison, but they was picking him up on murder on my mama. And the DNA match. And, boy, that goddamn Dana. Boy, that damn mm. Dana, boy, she worse than karma. <laughs> boy, that goddamn Dana. Hey, listen, fellas. Hey, 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 Bearcat Nation, listen. For all those people out there committing crimes, boy, Dana is worse than karma. Mm-hmm. Listen, listen to me. Dana is a motherfucker, okay? <laughs> so, so did did at any point prior to uh, Murphy getting out of of prison and de- them doing the DNA, did anybody suspect him? Was he talked no. about? Nobody no. talked about him. No, listen, listen. He got out. He okay before he was getting out of prison. They had already known that his his DNA matched my mom's crime scene. Okay. So. The detectives told me they got to drive from Daytona to Atlanta to go get him. So when they went and got him, he confessed to the murder because they showed that they had evidence and, you know, his DNA was up under her skin and all that right there, whatever, however that goes. Now, mm-hmm. when all this going on, I'm in Germany playing. Man, my daddy say, my sister say, when they saw this man, you know how you'll be thinking like, okay, muscular dude, a little bit, you know, a little bigger, bigger. Mm-hmm. Man, this man ain't no bigger than John Meeker. <laughs> <laughs> no disrespect, John. I don't mean, I don't mean to laugh. <laughs> no, no disrespect, me. Hey, 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 shout out to the Meekers, man. Yeah, no you know question. What I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just saying, man. He wasn't no taller than Meek, man. Man. For real, man. He was like, he, like he was like Dr. Colosimo size. Wow. You so, feel me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so and I'm you, like, damn, man, you killed my mama. Was was wow. there, was there 
Okay, all right. So when you find out, and, and he admits to it, is there relief, anger, like all that rolled in one? Can I tell you the truth? And I'm going to tell everybody this that's, that's going to listen and is listening. That was the best feeling in the world. That was like having your first, that was like having your, your baby born, like watching one of your kids born. Like, mm-hmm. yes. Like, mm-hmm. hell yeah, boy, you made it out. Let's go. Mm-hmm. Like that. I was like, yeah. I came back to practice the next day. That following morning, I came to practice, and there was a police officer from the U.S. Embassy there talking to my general manager because they had already got the call from Daytona. Mm. So they wanted me to leave and fly from Germany to Daytona, but I couldn't do that because I was in the playoffs, and I ain't going to give up that money. Yeah. <laughs> right. And when y'all, when y'all get him on trial, once y'all, once y'all start on him on trial, then I'll be there. Mm-hmm. But right now, I'm trying to get this money. So what Daytona Beach did for me was they kept me involved in everything, like uh-huh. everything. They kept me involved in everything. And the good thing was, and I'll tell the truth, I wasn't there for his sentencing because I felt like I don't need to be there for his sentencing. So, so I did were- a telesonic I did a, I was able to do a telesonic hearing with the, the the state prosecutor that was on our team. Okay. So I was able to understand what they was giving Gregory Murphy and what he was sentenced to and all this dumb stuff. So you never attended any part of the trial? No, I didn't need to. Got you. Because I, I, they, I, okay, so I was already labeled as one of the, the main, you know, witnesses. Mm-hmm. Yeah. After, yep. after they labeled me off as a suspect, because I understood, I was so young, I didn't know what suspect meant. I was like, Daddy, I hope they don't think I did this. He was like, no, son, listen, you found her dead. They have mm-hmm. to label you as a suspect right now until they can clear you. Yep. Once they cleared me through all everything else, you know, I became the head, the, the main witness. So what? So what was his when? Did, did he speak at the trial? Yeah, I don't, I, yeah, I guess. What did he? That was what, my what, sister say. What did he say as far as why he did it? He says she tried to kill him, so he killed her. Mm. He said it was either me or him. He said he no. He said it was either me or her, and it wasn't gonna be me. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, it's like I was right about what I said a long time ago. My mom was not a whore, and I hate to use that Bearcat Nation, but she was mm-hmm. not a, a lady that slept around with a bunch of men. Yeah. What she did was they went in the house. I'm telling you what happened. I can visualize it. I know what happened. They were smoking dope together, slamming heroin. There probably was no more money or no more dope. He got mad, wanted to have sex. Mom probably said no, and he killed her. Mm. I'm telling you. Yeah. That's, that, that's the way it goes. Crazy. Now, now, why didn't he get the death penalty? Huh? Why didn't he get the death penalty? Why didn't he? Yes. My dad? See, my mm. daddy got a lot of power in Daytona Beach. My mm-hmm. daddy got a lot of power in Daytona Beach. You know? My daddy, my daddy's the man in Daytona. So my daddy, mm-hmm. my daddy knew the prosecutors, the judge. My daddy knew him. I knew he did. Mm-hmm. He won't tell me that, but I know he had, he, he knew too much. Mm-hmm. And he kept saying, "Well, you know what the Bible say? Ain't no, we don't want to go. He don't need the man. Don't need to serve that when he can sit in prison for the rest of his life." And I'm like, mm-hmm. "What? You 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 wanted the death penalty, didn't you?" Man, listen. Either give him the death penalty or, or turn his ass over to us. <laughs> <laughs> you'll t- you'll take care of. Pick one, Your Honor. And Your Honor, 
Your Honor, check this out, Your Honor. We we can put him in this room with about ten of me and my cousins, and guarantee, <laughs> Your Honor, we won't have no more problems. I'm just I'm just saying. I, man, hate, I, I believe. I hate to laugh, but yeah. And and it's funny now because it, it, it's cool. Trust me, I'm there now. I am so content with my mom's murder, and I'm 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 able to help somebody else get through it. You feel me? For sure. Yeah, yeah. No, no question. It's no, like for sure. it's like you guys. It's like you guys give the death penalty to a child molester, but you won't give this death penalty to a man that like brutally, brutal. I mean, he beat my mama with a hammer, man. Man. It was like, what is going on here? Yeah. But you know what? He's sitting in prison. I check up on him at least, you know, once, twice a month to make sure. You, I mean, you check up. You check up to see that he's still oh, in yeah. there. And not, I look up. Okay. I look up Florida Department of Corrections all the time. Yeah. I got to make sure that he's gonna rot now. Yeah, I got to I got to make sure that he gonna pay. He got to pay for what he did. Now, mm-hmm. you can't get away with that. Yeah. So, so the jurors, okay. the jurors didn't think he deserved the death penalty. Now, when when okay, so when he goes, when he's in there, and he's in there for life, correct? Mm-hmm. Um, how You're then? Right. How then did that change you at that point? So now you have. And it's the only word I can think, but you have some closure at that point. Like, okay, I know who did it. I know the result of of, of what happened. Now, I, I can now be at peace to some point with it. How then did you change? I opened up a lot. I uh, started being nicer to people. Honestly, meets mm-hmm. uh, and Bearcat Nation. I mean, I've always been a nice gentleman. I've always been respectful, but. Deep down inside, I had a lot of hurt, a lot of anger. Um, I, I'm, I'm, I'm being honest. It's like that T-Mobile commercial when it hits the satellite. You ever seen it? Mm-hmm. The pink, yep. When it, when it hits the thing and everything spreads, that's how I felt. Honestly, I just let everything go, man. And I'm, I'm, I'm proud to say right now, like, I'm so glad that they found the man that that, that hurt my mom because I was able to let let everything go and just honestly, man, and trust God. Like I ain't, mm-hmm. I ain't the perfect man in the world, not by no means. But boy, by that man, by by Daytona Beach police finding out who killed my mom, they really don't know how much I appreciate them, and they really don't know like how much that helped me inside because, like, I was hurt, man. You know what I'm saying? Like, yep. be, I'm telling you guys, man, I, I could see situations in stores or restaurants, and I was just going to the bathroom and cry because mm-hmm. my mama wasn't there. Or I can yeah. see this kid, or I can see this kid mistreating his mama, and I'll just be like, "What? That 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 would frustrate me." You know what I'm saying? Right. Yep. So now I'm at peace with it, and it's so good. Now I can help somebody else get through it. You know, you can't you you can't get through something without having to go through something. Yeah. Right. Like yep. I done been through a lot, man. You have. And and now you and now you have children and yeah I and and we talked a little bit about this offline but um, your conversations with your children and have you fully told your children about this situation? The only one, the only kids know out of all four kids, the only the only the the, the two oldest ones, mm-hmm. and they understand because 
of where my daughter lives and where my son lives, and you know they they had direct you know access to that conversation okay. other than me. You know, my dad asked me one day, he said, Tone, do you mind if I tell the story to your daughter? Mm-hmm. I said, Dad, she's old enough, she's a teenager, go for it. Now, she breaks out on you, which she did, and Dad told her. And then she, when she was with me, she said, Dad, can you tell me the story about Grandma? And I told her, I said, Shiloh, are you serious about this? And she said, yeah, Dad, I want to hear it. And we sat down, and when I gave her the details, you know, Everybody got tears in their eyes. Mm -hmm. Now, my son, you know, he like me. Tony like me, the older boy, Tony Jr. Tony said, well, Daddy, why did he do it? And how did you feel? You know, he asked me the questions you're asking me, Leach. Yep. Now, the younger two, I haven't explained that to yet because they, you know, they ain't ready for that yet. But I'll get them there. But the older Mm -hmm. two, they know. The older two know. Yep. And you know, kids can read. Kids can get on Google and read these days. You know what I'm saying? I know, I know. Okay. Yep. So, you know, it's 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 sad. They'll find out. They'll right. find out if you don't tell them. They're gonna find out. Yep. Yep. Um, a a day does not go by. Right. It, it, it not a single day goes by. Three sixty-five. You you thinking about your mother? Every day. Every single day. Every day. Is 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 that thought about her different now? Um, obviously, no. Nope. Nope. Still, still the same. Still the same. Yeah. It was it, you. You can't you can't see nothing like that and expect that to ever go away. Mm-hmm. The last this is what y'all need to understand, Bearcat Nation. And this is really, really, really. Excuse my language. This is like really fucked up. Could you imagine the last time you seen your mom? Is with her head cut off? Yep. You get what it's I'm just, saying? Y'all understand what I'm saying? That's that, what that's, I'm trying to say. That's just something out of a horrible horror movie. Yeah, that's like, like some shit out of Michael Myers. Exactly. Shit ain't no right. game. Yep. That's why. That's why when somebody say this right here, and they be joking, or oh, I'm gonna kill myself, or I will kill you. Those are words that you shouldn't use around people. Mm-hmm. Because yep. you don't know what that does to me. That like when you when you say I kill you, like I don't have my mama killed, so I don't I don't take that. I take that personal. Different different meaning to you. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So so we I don't know, Alex. We just we have to like cherish our moms, man. Because I don't want nobody sharing. There's plenty of guys that probably got the same story as me, but mm-hmm. I don't know them. Mm-hmm. And I didn't play basketball with them. Right. You know how I many guys I played in Europe with that'll say, man, Bobby, man, I went home, man. And we, me and the wife looked you up, man, I didn't know your mama was killed. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yo. And they were like, man, you walk around here and smiling and goofy and practicing every day and running around like, bro, you don't need like I said, man, y'all ain't going to know. I can't, I can't give y'all my secret. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So it's like, Basketball, it's like being in the gym is your sanctuary. Yep. No matter what Coach Huggins yelled and screamed. <laughs> oh, God. I don't know why I wasted a scholarship on you, Bobby. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yep. You, you're you the worst Bearcat player I ever had, Bobby. You, I, you know what, Pete? 
you know what, a- Andy Kennedy, get him out of here. But at the end of the day, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, did that did that not make you a better man? For sure. Thank yep. you. Yep. Did that not make you a better man? A- yep. You know, Tony, I tell the story all the time, and I tell a lot of the young people that I work with, I say, I could sit in any room in America, doesn't matter the situation, and I could look across the table at whoever I'm sitting across from, and I feel that I can outwork them, I can out-tough them, because they didn't play for Bob Huggins. I did. Hey, listen. Is that not facts? That Listen, man, I... Man, people think we lie about that, bro. We some tough individuals, bro. Yep. Listen, check this yep. out. Check this out. Do you agree or disagree? But I'm going to agree. Bob Huggins' practices was the toughest practices in college basketball in that era. Yep. Yep. Wasn't nobody Re- practicing like that, man. Between Corey Blunt, between the 92 team, on up. Yep. Man, because yep. Lou, Lou Banks. The way the way Coach Huggins talk about Lou Bank, they say Lou Bank might be the best Bearcat of all time. <laughs> Sweet Lou, that's what they say. He was and tough. I don't even know Mr. Banks. He you noticed tough. I said Mr. Banks because mm-hmm. that's my big brother. He get the respect like that. You feel me? Yep. And I've never met this man. I don't even know this man, but that's what Coach Huggins said. Coach Huggins said, "Bobby, you think I remember that day? You think you're good, huh? You think you? I wish Lou Banks was around." Boy, I wish Lou Banks was one. But what people don't understand is Lou Banks is the first All-American to play for Coach Huggins. Mm. See, did anybody know that? Did anybody know that? mm. Lou Banks was the first All-American to ever play for Bob Huggins. Mm. So why do we don't get the – we need to start giving our people respect, uh, bro, bro. Like you said, you sit in the room and you're going to outwork him. Due to the fact you play for Bob Huggins. Yep. Yep. I feel that. No, I, I, every you know, time I walk into a room, I'm like, they didn't play for Hugs. I, I went from 3 to 6 p.m. every single day. And you the, might get the, kicked out at 5.30 and got to bring your ass back at 9. <laughs> remember those, remember oh. those, what Hugs used to say? I got 27 hours a week for NCAA, and I'll use them all up right now. Yep. I used oh, to be like, yeah. oh, don't do that, bro. We got to sleep, bro. <laughs> Yeah, I remember man. those. Hey, you know what? And, and I, I, I want to jump into this because we didn't talk about this in part one. And I knew halfway through part one of our interview, I knew we had to do a part two. So I, I wanted to say this. And a lot of Bearcat fans have always asked this question about this particular game. But I, I kind of want to build up to it. And I want to talk about the DePaul the game and in 2004, the conference championship. But uh, let me set the stage for it real quick before we talk about that game in particular. Prior to that conference championship game, you guys played DePaul twice in the regular season, okay? Right. Now, you first played them at home, and you played really well that game. I remember that game. You had like 19 points. Um, after the game, you were like, look, we do not lose here. We do not lose in Cincinnati. And you were very prophetic with that because the rest of that season, you guys really only lost one other game, and that was at home versus Charlotte. Right. Okay. Now, go to the second game versus DePaul. It's at DePaul. You do not have a good game. Hugs goes off. You guys lose. Hugs after the game is like, 
I should have left Tony Bobbitt at home. If I had to do over again, I would have left him at home. And you said my attitude stinks. He's right. He's absolutely right. I've got to. I, I got to make a change. I got to come out. We got to beat Memphis. Like you, you, you said all that, and that all led up to the conference championship game versus DePaul. Okay, so I want to set the stage. I want people to understand that that DePaul championship game. There were other things at play that led up to that, right? Right. It, it wasn't just that championship game. There were games before that. You played really well that first game. You stomped the second game. Here we go in this game. All right, so let, let's 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 go through this game with about 822 left in the game. <clears throat> you get hit in the groin. Now, take Bearcat fans through what exactly happened, the real deal. First of all, <laughs> I hate to say this, but uh, <laughs> I know what you're going to say, too. Y'all ready for this shit? <laughs> don't you go say. Hey, 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 hey! hey we got to do what we got to do, man. I know the fans don't know this though. I know. Hey, check this, this out. We we talked about it. Tell them. Tell check, them. TV. Check this out. First of all, the DePaul coach. <laughs> I want to give a shout out to the DePaul. What was his name? The tall, light skinned guy. Oh God! Uh, when you guys played him. So, Bearcat Nation. Just so you know, he did not like Tony Bobbitt. He liked Tony Bobbitt. He he liked Tony Bobbitt off the court. <laughs> but on the court, boy, me and him had words down there. So what triggered it is LeVar Seals yep. was on the bench. <laughs> Le, LeVar Seals was on the bench, and he was always their, their defensive stopper. You know, he would always guard me every time we played the ball. If you look at the game, he would always mm-hmm. guard me. So I'm on, the, I'm on their side, and I'm looking at their coach, and he's like, what are you looking at? I'm like, man, y'all suck. <laughs> we're getting ready to kick y'all ass. And I, and, and, and I am, feel, you know, I'm talking cash shit. And me and Eric Hicks, boy, and boy, we are letting them have it. And mm-hmm. I remember, man, he, LeVar checked in, and we are coming down in transition with the referee trailing the play, and we're ahead of the referee. So I'm not going to lie, Bearcat Nation, did he hit me in the groin hard? Hell no. Hell no. After all these years, y'all have heard the truth. He did not hit me as hard as it seemed. But I'll tell you this, Bearcat Nation, we're trying to win. We are trying to win. And I didn't didn't tell him to touch me down there. Mm -hmm. I I didn't tell him to attempt that ignorant stuff he was pulling. So guess what? When he tapped me, it's like Mike Tyson asking you to fight for $10 million. As soon as you swing, Mike, I'm going down, whether you hit me or not. <laughs> so as soon as he did it, I went down, you know, got my little ooh-ah from the fans because yep. I needed it. Yep. <laughs> go in the locker room. My daddy come down to the stands checking me out. I go in the locker room. Jay, uh, uh, what's, what's my trainer name? Jay, That's Jay, Jay, Gr- Jay Grossman. Uh, Jay Grossman. Jay- Jay Grossman, yep. So Jay looking at me like, you good? I'm like, yeah, man, I'm good. I come back in the damn game and give it to him. Yep. That's the yep. truth. Did he hit mm-hmm. me hard enough for me to be in pain, pain? No. No. But what is the object of the game, guys? Bearcat to Nation, win. to win. You played the game to win. <laughs> so Herm Everts, yep. 
Hey, you can call. Hey, I know. I know for a fact. I'm gonna get phone calls, and and Eric Hicks getting ready to call me and say, you know what? I knew you. I knew that dog did not hit you as hard as. I know what Eric's gonna say, but you know what? We won that game, and you know what? We got one of the best defensive players out of that game, and and it, we were able to open up and make shots, and 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 we dominated the boards, and we won the game. That's all that matters. Yep. And you you hit a you came back and you hit a big three in the corner think, on our bench. Yep. And then you had that land, and you were running. I think you weren't you like running down the court like flexing. Yeah. I, I was at that game. Yep. You won but MVP. The play, the play of the game, the play of the game, is when Eric. I mean, the play of the whole tournament, and we'll get back to DePaul. The play of the whole conference tournament. It's when Jason Maxfield dunked on your boy from Louisville. Ooh, 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 ooh. <laughs> ooh. Man, man, he, look, man, he put him through the rim. Mm-hmm. Listen, the Paul game was cool, Bearcat Nation, but if the question was, what was my reaction when LeVar hit me? He didn't hit me as hard, but he hit me hard enough to get the referee attention so he can go sit his ass down for the rest of the game. Yep. Because he got ejected, right? He got ejected for that. Yep. Now, at the end of the day, when they look at the film, it shows him tapping me. Mm-hmm. When we go back and look at it, I got it at my house. When you go back and look at it, it shows him hitting me. <laughs> yep, yep. But he didn't outright just boom. Like, right. no, he didn't do that. He did enough so he can go sit his ass down. Yep. Yep. And you, you won tournament MVP at 17 right. points that game. All we know, baby. That's all we know. Mm-hmm. Man, you already know, man. We miss them days, man. Oh man, those, I don't miss the practices, Coach Huggins. You know, three to six. Man, you know, let me let me just say this on the podcast real quick. Okay. Hey, Hug, how you feel if we put you through that shit? <laughs> how you feel if we make you run from three to six, Coach Hug? How you think? How you make you? You want us to make you push a football tie? A hundred yards, four hundred yards on the football field. Man, hugs, man. We love you. We admire you. We appreciate you. But hugs, you was on that bullshit. Yeah, you was. You was trying to make us men. Man, we wasn't ready to be men then, man. Come on, man. That four on four hey. plus one hug. How you think? Hey. How you want? You want me to put Phil Williams on you, hug? Man, hugs crazy, man. Coach Hugs knew what he was doing, man. He was preparing us for life as young men, man. He knew what he was doing. He was, and TB, not only were, you know, we talk about three or six, and, and it's a physical grind, but I think even more than the physical, it was such a mental grind. That that was what was so tough, was the mental grind, because you made you made any slight mental error, Hugs is on you, man. On hey, listen. Hey, listen to this. Now, Alex, you and these are stories that we all relate to because this is hugs. Mm-hmm. Could you imagine showing up one minute late to practice? Mm-mm. Boy, that shit like death row. Yep. Boy, that's like yo, boy, yo the whole world coming to the end. Yep. <clears throat> yep. Well, well we, listen, we used to get to practice around one thirty, man, to be prepared for a three o'clock practice. That's because we know what we're getting ready to get through. Our bodies got to be stretched, man. We got to be like Luke. We got, you know what I mean? Yep. When yep. I tell people, man, y'all play for who? Duke. Duke. Who? <laughs> Carolina. <laughs> Boy, look. Even, like I told Rashad McCants them, 
Even if y'all was sponsored by Jordan, y'all Jordans didn't look better than ours. <laughs> Don't nothing look better than that black and red, baby. No question. Best uniforms ever. Best uniforms. Listen, man. Okay. What? They couldn't sit. Man, listen, we pull up and people uh, shoot around gyms, and they mm-hmm. looking at us while they're walking off the floor. We look like mm-hmm. movie stars. Yep. We look like movie stars. And, 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 and TV, as you as you look back at your career, this is one question I did not ask you in part one, but as you look back on your career at UC, what's the one game that sticks out to you? Like, what was your favorite game that you ever played in? Oh, I gotta say, my senior year, the Memphis game when I hit, I hit the game one. Mm-hmm. Um, I hit, I had the last five points in thirty. I had the last five points in, I, I want to say, fifteen seconds. Mm. Um, I gotta say that Memphis game. Yeah. Yeah. Because Calipari, Calipari was getting calls where he shouldn't got, he shouldn't have got calls. Mm-hmm. And Coach Huggins, I mean James White was, oh my God, James White played the the, the game of his life for us. He was guarding. He was guarding that freshman, and, and that freshman had 28 that night. Mm. But the way he was getting 28, the referees was trying to – and that's when I, I didn't understand the politics of college basketball. Yep. Because the referee was keeping the game even. And I couldn't understand that. Now, I understand it now. I, ain't, I, I didn't understand it then. Mm-hmm. But um, I came off a screen, and I don't know if anybody or Bearcat Nation remember that Memphis game when we won that we shared the conference that game. In order for us to win that game – we had to win that game to share the conference. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I hit, I hit the tray ball. We go up. We go up two. So we were down one. We go up two. Memphis come back down. They swing it over to Sean Banks, who's the freshman at the time, who's got like almost thirty, if not mm-hmm. thirty. Instead of him trying to get the two, he shoots the three. Ball come off Eric Kicks and Phil Williams. I just so happened to get it, and that's history. Mm. But I, I, I don't know. I, You know what, uh, Alex? I say the Memphis game, but then when I hang up the phone with you, I don't got, I got so many games down here where I was just – my senior year was great. Yep, yep. My junior that, year was cool until I got the pickup. I mean, the, the, you know, the, 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 the understanding of college basketball at that level. Right, but that but, but but TB that Memphis game was very important. Like, like you said, uh, yeah. that was the last regular season game of the year, and you mm-hmm. guys come off the, yeah, you guys come off of the loss at DePaul. You did not play well. Hugs was saying he should left you at home. You bounced yep. back, and you guys had to win that game. All the had way to on win the, that game. All the way on the bus, Bearcat family, to, headed to the airport. Hugs let the whole team know he should have left me home. He was yelling it in front of everybody. I don't know why he was. He should have stayed where he was, AK. We got doctors. We got the team physicians. We got, we got, you know what I'm saying? We got everybody on the bus that's going to get on the airplane. And you, do you, hey, Bearcat Nation, listen, if you didn't have a strong mind and a strong heart, y'all couldn't play for Coach Huggins, man. No, no. So as fans, as fans, I'm going to say this, as fans, Please appreciate this podcast that Alex Meacham has put together so y'all can hear the Thank truth. You. Y'all are hearing the truth. Please appreciate Alex. Please understand that Alex has done something for y'all so y'all can hear the damn truth about y'all coach. Y'all coach is a real man. He did not tolerate bullshit. 
if you was a hard worker, you got what you deserve. If you, you didn't got work what hard, you deserve. Yep. You said that, if you that's didn't great. work hard, you sat on the bench and you was a cheerleader. Mm-hmm. People that work yep. hard get more in life. That's what he used to say. Mm-hmm. And just so y'all know again, Tony Bobby gonna tell y'all one more time. Coach Huggins loved us just like he loved those those two girls of his. So mm-hmm. what he got? Two girls. Only got Jenna and uh. Jackie. Mm-hmm. And Jackie. Yep. Well, how many more? How many he got? And, and I tell you what, he got Jenna, Jackie, and the whole team that ever ever, ever played for him. <laughs> Facts. Now. Yep. Now there might be some there might be some ex players that really don't care nothing about him, and y'all the ones can go to hell. <laughs> but guess what? We love him, bro. Yep. We love him. We appreciate mm-hmm. what he did. Mm-hmm. You ever got yourself in a situation and you look back at the times when you was in school and you say, okay, I can figure this out. I did it before. Mm-hmm. There you go. I appreciate my coach, man. Yep. I'm telling you. I don't know how yep. many coaches like this man, man. They They scrutinize my coach. I don't know why my coach ain't in the Hall of Fame by now. I don't know. He what will more be. do he got to do? He don't do nothing but produce pros. I mean, I come on. He will be. He will be. Yeah, he better. It's, it's time. Yeah, he will be for sure. He better. No, like, no, come no on, question. bro. No question. Like, like, hey, hey, and, TV, real quick, before I forget this, too, because like I said, I, I had I had really no script um, written up for this one. But before I, forget, before I forget, um, and we, we talk about Hall of Fame, <clears throat> You, you know, you're very good friends with Vince Carter. What's your relationship like with him now? I haven't spoke to VC in a while. You know, VC been trying to, you know, just I'm I'm pretty sure he's getting his his off the court, you know, career together. That's why you know I don't left him alone a little bit. But yeah, it's like when we see each other, it's love. It's never been it's, mm-hmm. it's love. I mean, I don't know. He's just been busy, and I've been yep. busy. Um, yep. I will say this. I will say this: when they do in, induct him into the Hall of Fame, um, I will be there. I'm not going to miss his Hall of Fame inductee. Yeah, I'll show yep. up. I'll show up. Me and a couple buddies from Daytona. I'm pretty sure we'll fly up there to Springfield. Um, yeah, man, my relationship with him is is, is still good. I think we just don't see each other as much. Yeah, you know, which happens. Life happens. You and that happens. That happens, man. You know, you know, most guys get into their feelings about that, man. Yes, they do. Do. I don't get into my feelings about that because my man got to know he got a, a, a he, he got he got bigger fish to fry. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But w- when I run into him, it's, it's like, all love. Yeah, man. Yep. You know. Yep. Yeah, for sure. Um. Now th- this is this is the question I've been waiting to ask you. Um. After okay. after hearing all this stuff, um. Tony, your your mom is looking down on you right now. What is your mom saying about the man Tony Bobbitt has become? First of all, she say she probably saying, "Lord, I'm gonna slap the shit out of him for all them swear words you know." <laughs> and she probably up there, she she <laughs> she probably up there trying to tell God, like, God, please forgive my baby, please, God, please forgive my baby. He's a good man. Nah, man. Uh, what you see is what you get. Um. She's probably she's probably very very proud. She's probably sad at the same time from what I had to see. You get what I'm saying by that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. She's probably sad that I had to find her like that. Like she's probably telling God, like, you know, God, I'm 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 a little I don't know. It's crazy to talk. It's crazy to say that, but 
if she's speaking on me, she's probably saying he's tough. He speaks his mind. I'm proud of him. He said he would get his college degree, and he did. Mm-hmm. He said that he'd be a great father, and he is. Mm-hmm. He said he wanted to play professional basketball, and he did. Mm-hmm. So I think my mom would say, my son has accomplished all his goals, whether he's a Hall of Famer or not. He's a Hall of Famer in my book. So I mm-hmm. think that's what my mom would say to this day. Well said. There you have it. Uh, and, and I want to say this, TB. Your, your journey and your story – I think is one that needs to be shared um, to, to so many of the players that are coming up now because every, everyone has their different journey. Um, everyone right. has their different struggles. Um, right. Your struggle might not be the exact same as the next person, but they can take something from your story. And I, I think it would be important, <clears throat> and I mentioned this to someone on the, uh, the current Bearcat staff that I said, you know, a guy like Tony Bobbitt is a guy that you guys need to bring back and he needs to talk to the team. He is such an important part of, of this Bearcat program. And uh-huh. I think he would be great. And everyone agreed. Um, and I, I tell you, TB, I told you this before. I want you to come back to a Bearcat hoop game soon. I got you on the ticket. Yeah. Um, we'll sit courtside. I got you. Um, you got to come to practice, talk to the players. Um, I, I've, already, want, I've already, I've already, I've already put that word in, brother. I, and I appreciate that. But I, I, we would, we would, you know. And, and Alex, I, I understand, bro. I, listen, I understand how hard you work, bro. This ain't no mm-hmm. perpetration BS, man. Like right. this is all love to you, my brother. You, mm-hmm. Terry, you, Terry, uh, uh, Nelson, now, T. Nell. Man, yep. y'all have worked. You guys have worked hard for that university, my brother. Thank you. You guys have worked hard for your own selves as well. And mm-hmm. all I'm saying is that new and I'm and I'm saying this on for the record, and I want everybody to hear this. The new coach that we got, mm-hmm. I honestly think and, and and this is my perception, I kind of think coach cool as hell. Mm-hmm. I don't He's, know him, but he looked like the type of coach if you got a family problem, you can go in his office and talk to him. T B he's a he's he is good people man that's what i'm, I'm saying I'm so i want to meet i, yep. I want to meet coach i want to i want to i want to come around i want to fly back come around listen guys bearcat nation i haven't been back to cincinnati in almost 11 years man damn damn yeah you know, we're, we're gonna change that i i'm I just telling think, you i, just I got think, you i honestly think that i want to share this I, I would love to tell these boys about this man they need to hear it they, they you need, know what's good you know why I take my hat off for Mick Cronin? And I will say this. Mm-hmm. I'll give Mick credit on this. Yes, Bearcat Nation, Bob Huggins did have a little problems with us off the court, with the law a little bit. Mm-hmm. I'll give Mick Cronin credit on this, but I'm going to talk shit at the same time about <laughs> Huggins. And, and, and don't you edit this. I'm not. No, no. You don't. You don't the edit a Tony Bobbitt interview. You do not the edit the Tony Bobbitt interview. Thank you. The difference between Bob Huggins and Mick Cronin. Mick Cronin, you was not ranked in the top ten, my brother. Mm-mm. You've never had a team that was ranked in the top ten, my brother. Bob Huggins had basketball players that 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 was picked on that that wanted to see go down. So we did get in a little trouble. But I will give you this, Mick. You did keep those boys out of trouble. Mm-hmm. You did a good job at that. Mm-hmm. But the hell with you, Mick. 
Bob Huggins. Hey, man, we rolling with Bob, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on, no man. question. No question. Uh, what Bob yeah. used to tell you? Bob used to tell you, I'll put you on a Greyhound. A Greyhound to Daytona? <laughs> Bro, that's six days. Yep. He didn't care. Do you think he had feelings because you didn't want to work hard? Mm-hmm. Do you? Because you didn't want to jump to the ball and go third man, let your man through third man? Man, yep. man, please. And then the hey. assistant coaches, hey, hey, hey Meach, yep. do you remember the assistant coaches he had with him? They were just as crazy as him. Oh, no. you, Yeah, you had – I mean, you had AK. Keith LeGree. Um, I had Judd, man. I had Keith LeGree, man. Yep, crazy Keith. Man, you weren't messing with Keith, man, man. Keith LeGree, man, listen. Coach, yep. you want to hear this story real quick, Bearcat Nation? One yep. day I come into practice, and everybody can vouch on this. I don't want to work hard, and I'm on some BS. Mm-hmm. And, boy, we going through the scrimmage, going through the scrimmage, and, 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 and Keith got mad. You know, we call Keith Judd. You ever heard that name? I, I did not know that. We used to call him Judd. So okay. Judd, Judd, a.k.a. Keith, got mad at me. So I yelled back at him. And Bearcat Nation, this is the truth. Man, Judd got in my face and grabbed these two shoulders. And, boy, do you realize why they say Keith Legree might be one of the strongest point guards played for Bob Hutton? <laughs> yep. Man, yep. I didn't go nowhere. And guess what? Guess what? I apologized mm-hmm. to him. And I told him <laughs> how much I respected him and loved him. And mm-hmm. I appreciated him. And that's what Bob Huggins' practices was about, man. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Come on, man. Yep. yep. Look, man. Listen, we appreciate it, Meach. We appreciate you putting this podcast together so a lot of us can open up, man. A lot of guys, a lot of guys waiting on Tony Bobby to open up. Now they're gonna open up, bro. No, no question. After you, know you did the first, after you did the first interview, that led to a lot of other guys wanting to come on the podcast and tell their story. I think some of them were hesitant a little bit, but when they heard yours. Yeah. They were like, man, I, I got to come on and tell my story. That's that's the, the guy that honest truth. I said I said a lot of people yours. And I said, look, Tony came on. He was real raw. Your turn. And they were like, I'm in. It's, so thank you. You can't hide from it. Why are we hiding from it? Right. Yep. Why are we hiding from it? Yep. I don't know, Meech. Hey, man, this I don't is. Know. I'm telling you right now, TV. This this will be this will surpass part one. This will be the most listened to podcast by far, one of the most emotional ones that that I've ever done. And I, I really appreciate you coming on and telling us and, and just being being raw and real like you always are. And I got no choice. No choice. And and, I, and I'm telling you, I've told the coaching staff they they've got to bring you in. You've got to tell your story to, to the current guys so they they can hear this. So, I, I, I'm ready. I'm ready. Hey. And you have you have my word on this, TB, that when you come in town and you come to a game, I got you. We're, we're, I'm gonna take you to the game. We want to sit courtside. We're gonna sit courtside wherever we need to sit. We're gonna make in that it happen. New arena. The new arena is beautiful. I'm, I'm trying to sit half court, man. We we. We want to be in go- the game, not of the game. <laughs> hey, hey, I right, coach. Ask Coach, do we need an extra shooter? Sure. I, 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 hey, hey, we'll take I, you. I, hey, the cats will take you right now, TV. I don't know. I don't know what type of shape you're in right now, but hey, you'll find a way. 
Hey, listen, let me ask the question before you hang up. Yeah. I want to ask the Bearcat Nation this right here. And I need y'all to comment on Alex Twitter, and Alex going to get back with me on this. Per shooter, Bearcat Nation, name your five per shooters <clears throat> that that played in the era that you watched. Your five mm-hmm. per shooters. I want to hear back. Alex going to get back to me. I'll put that out there. I'm going to give you my five right now. I, I was about to ask you, where do you rank yourself and what are your top five? Go ahead. Here go my five. Lizelle Durton. Yep, no question. Tony Bobbitt. Mm-hmm. Phil Williams. Mm-hmm. We talking about shooters. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Ooh. You got, you got two more. Man, give me two more. I don't know because – what? Oh, here we go. Here we go. Steve Logan. Mm. Yep. Man, I need another shooter. <clears throat> I don't know. I'm just talking about pure shooter. I'm not talking about putting the ball on the ground, making no plays. We have some good ones. Uh, well, well let, me, let me say this. Let me, let me ask you this real quick, and I'll, I'll, I'll give you a couple more. Where, where do you rank yourself? As a shooter in yes. Bearcat history? Yes. Honestly? And I, I ain't going to lie, man. I don't think nobody shot that ball like I shot that ball. Mm. Talk to I, on and, TV. And, 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 and I ain't just – you asked me the question, man. I got to be on my Michael Jordan shit right now. Hold <laughs> up. <laughs> I got to be on my MJ shit right now, man. Man, I shoot – look, man. I shoot the cub off that ball, man. And I shoot that ball with no conscience, man. I was making shots. So when we look back at it, man, yeah, man, we not there have been better players than me that played for hugs. I'll admit mm-hmm. that. But I hit big shots to win championships. Big shot Bobby. You know what I mean? Like I went out my senior year with a conference championship and a conference tournament championship and a conference MVP tournament championship with mm-hmm. a game winner in the NCAA tournament. Mm. So I don't know what else. Oh, no. Like, what? Listen, get suspended Louisville game, come back the next Louisville game as a junior, get him 27. Yep. yep. Right out there, Oregon 30. Mm-hmm. I don't know. We come out shooting the ball. I ain't never dunked the ball. I wasn't no dunker. Mm-hmm. So I, I, don't, I don't know, Lizelle. I don't know what Dirk did. Wazelka, he could shoot. He could shoot the ball. That's what he, I'm saying. And I'm he was not like, it. he was like you in that Lazelle. Like I felt, Tony. I felt like you could miss nine straight, and you were going to shoot the tenth one, like you yes. had just made nine in a row. That's how Lazelle was. Like you couldn't tell Lazelle missed a couple. He so shoot I can't even same. say when you say rank. I got to be the liberal on this because I've heard that, and I'm being. I know I was being, I was throwing myself out there because that's you know we on the podcast and we laughing and we hee haw, but the stories I hear from T Rat, the stories I hear from 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 Corey and Nick and all them, man, they mm-hmm. say Lazelle could shoot that ball, man. Oof, that's man. what I'm saying. So it's no. like I got to put Big Bro up there. Like I'm okay, I take the back seat, but I ain't gonna back down. No, no. Because I know, I know when that ball touched my hands, boy, Andy Kennedy was like, boy, you shoot the ball. Because <laughs> you can, I can now. Now let me ask you this before we go: Who the okay. best point guard? Who the best point guard to play at UC? 
Uh, I, my favorite ever is Nick Van Exel, without, without a question. Bolden? Yeah, for sure. Like, Van, you got to remember this, TV. Growing up, like, th- there were two players in, in, in my time growing up. One was a guy named Roger McClendon, who played for the Bearcats back in the, the, the 80s. Uh-huh. Roger, he was my first, like, basketball idol. The second was Nick Van Exel, man. I just – I had never seen anybody that was, like, my height, big hands, <clears throat> can control the game, could get you a bucket, could throw crazy passes. It, it was like a guy just felt like Hudson <laughs> yell at him because he just didn't make mistakes, TB. Right. But I, but I played with Lowe, and Lowe, Lowe's by far – um, him and Kenyon have the two highest basketball IQs I have ever been around. Like just their knowledge of the game and what's going on and making adjustments, man. Steve was a bulldog, but Nick, Nick's my favorite guard of all time. Now, who are you taking, James White or Melvin Levitt on your team? Both um, the same player. <laughs> and obviously, they, they they bring you a lot of different things. Um, <clears throat> I'm a little I'm a little partial to to Mel because I played with him and I know what Mel, Mel here, let me tell you about Mel. Mel in practice would give you nothing. Like nothing. He was terrible in practice. As we watched the last dance and Michael <laughs> Jordan was like a dog in practice, Melvin was horrible in practice. But you pop some popcorn and you turn some lights on him, <laughs> like who is it? Man, I mean, hitting threes, dunking on people. The the Amen. No, Jay White was the opposite. No, but both ways though. Jay White will practice and play. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and 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 so I'm a little, you know, because I watched, I was there with Mel, and I I know what he would do when we were in the trenches. I will say this about James though, that length and that athleticism. Boy, but his I hey, listen, let me give my boy a he, shout out, man. I know what you're gonna say. His I know IQ you, of the game, it's bro. Crazy, it's crazy. Oh my isn't God. It? It, James man. so damn smart when it comes to playing basketball. Boy, I, used, I told her, I said, we got a point guard. He talking about who? I say James White. Yeah. He was a we hell of a passer, in, we man. in the lobby. I said, James going to be our point guard, man. Yep. Yep. Put James at the one. Man. Yeah, James. Bob James. Hey, Bob Huggins I had some great damn teams. Oh, I'm telling you, and and the thing is, I think you said something, and you fall in this, and you and you fall in line with the type of guys he recruited. I mean, he recruited tough dudes that wanted to win at all costs. Like, he don't want you if you got a circle driveway in your yard. <laughs> what the hell, he well, he got one. He got a circle drive. He don't, he don't he, even have a circle driveway. He yeah, no, that's 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 facts. That is facts. What do you mean? Yep. Man, they say Bob Huggins used to pull up in neighborhoods, man, to go get these men, man, and these white men, these black boys look at Coach Huggins and be like, what up, Coach? Yeah, because they know Coach Huggins is trying to save men's lives, man. Yep, yep, yep. You know what I'm he, saying? Like, oh. how many coaches can do that, man? This man's showing up in neighborhoods where he's not even supposed to be. No the security. Hood. The hood. The hood. The hood. hood. And, I, and you know what? That's a great point because if you look at arguably one of the greatest Bearcat teams ever assembled, and that's that 1992 Final Four team with Corey Blunt, Nick Van Exel, and them, there were a lot of guys on that team. And the way he assembled it, a lot of coaches would have never recruited that team and guys like that. But he hey, first did. of all, 
first of all, they talk about all these players, but we need to give a special shout out to Herb Jones too. Oof. People hey. forget about Herb. Are y'all are, are hey, Bearcat fans? Y'all better not forget about Herb Jones. Hey. You, Did y'all I, not know I'm Herb not. Jones led the team in scoring on that ninety two yep. team? Yep. He 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 was a large part. And Corey Blunt, I interviewed Corey Blunt. He talked about it on the podcast. Like, double, I, he's double. like, I'll be, I'll be honest with you, man. He was like, Herb led us. He 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 led us yeah. and got us there. <clears throat> yeah, man. Herb Herb, one of my favorites, man, for sure. I, man, I you love doing it. your thing, man. We are we proud of you, bro. You 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 giving Thanks us a platform. Do. So when we do come back to UC for a game this 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 coming season, because I'll be there. I'm coming. Mm-hmm. When we do get there now, now we've given them, we've given some of the fans that listen to the podcast a little bit of security to understand that it is okay to approach us. It is okay to say hi. Yep. I, I'm not gonna back down from you. I might just go sit in the, the stands with you and cheer a little bit. You know, this is my school at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. But we need no. to get we go we we gotta get our program back to where it used to be, and yeah. back to where it used to be means we gotta get our old basketball alumni to get Absolutely. involved with the university again. Absolutely. And, and these and, other programs, you look at Carolina, you look at a Duke, how many times you see in a game where these old players sitting in the stands supporting a school? Yep. And they yep. don't have to worry about nothing. I, I agree with you. And I think with coach Brandon there now, and, and I've had several conversations with him and that is a priority for him. Not just not just winning on the court because he and I were talking one day and we were talking about the importance of the players that came before the guys that are there now. Like if you embrace them, you engage them, that helps your program now. That helps you get – if you're bringing back the Tony Bobbitts, the Kenya Martins, the, the Sean Kilpatrick, the Nick Van Exel, that just helps – that helps recruiting. That helps the right. whole aura of the – like if you're recruiting, you're on a visit, and you see Tony Bobbitt, Lakers, you know, Corey Blunt, Bull, Nick Van, they're like, man, I got to come here. That's, why I came, that's the reason why I came to Cincinnati, because I knew Bob Huggins was the best chance of me going to the damn NBA. Yep. Talk to him. Yep. Yep. I mean, you want me to talk my shit? You cannot <laughs> go to a school and, and, and you expect that this coach. No, my coach re, re, re produced NBA basketball players. Mm-hmm. My whole dream is to play in the I think I got a shot. So guess where I'm going? I'm going to go play for Bob Huggins. Right. Yep. Who who gave you the freedom? Not only, not only gives you a not only gives you a chance to play in the NBA, but he gives you the freedom to be Tony Bobbitt. Oh, not man. be not be somebody that has to like, oh, you got to tuck your shirt and you can't wear that headband, hey. Tony. You you can't wear one white shoe, one black shoe during the game. You, hey, you first of all, just First of all, this is what I'm going to say about Coach Huggins, and he don't even have to say it. Whatever Coach Huggins said in the paper, he said it to my face first. Yeah, yep, yep, yep. So, yep. so all you newspaper people that's going to listen to this podcast as well, mm-hmm. all that shit that Bob Huggins gave y'all about me, he I had already said it to my face. You heard it before you read it. You damn right I did. Mm-hmm. Now, I was a young man, and it hurt, but guess what? Tony didn't play well. Tony stunk up the gym. And guess what? Hours before that, he had already told me that. Mm-hmm. So that's what people and athletes need to understand about their college coaches. That's why some of y'all don't like y'all college coaches. That's why some of y'all don't go back and see y'all college coaches because y'all took it personal. No, I didn't take it personal. I knew it was business, 
and I knew if I took care of my business, the next thing comes with business is love. Yep. Yep. And that's real. Mm-hmm. If you look, man, I won for my coach. We won for our coach. He appreciated mm-hmm. that. Yep. Yeah, man. Yeah. Um, TB, you, you know, you, you always are one of the best interviews, man. And it's, you, you don't give me – what I love about talking to you is you don't give me the standard cookie-cutter answer. You always give me the truth. And that's what you want as a person interviewing someone. You want to – you don't want to have to ask them three questions to get the answer you want to hear or the truth. I can ask you one question, and you're going to give me the truth. So I appreciate that about you, TB. Hey, man, we appreciate you doing this, man. And, and Bearcat Nation, we appreciate you you guys taking the time out to listen and give me the shout-outs, you know what I'm saying? But, Alex, man, we give this, you know, shit to you, man, because nobody's connected no more, man. You know, through this COVID, this this right here has opened yeah. up a lot. You know, Alex, I think I think, I think think that uh, I think that a lot of schools are getting ready to fill our shit, you know what I mean? So we're going to have mm-hmm. to lock this down a little bit, you know what I mean? They, not, not next thing you know, they're going to have Carolina broadcast, you know what I mean? Yeah, right, or, 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 right. Or Duke Blue Devil. I'm sorry, motherfuckers, you know what I mean? <laughs> Uh, broadcast, all that right there. So, so just to let y'all know, y'all haters, just to let y'all haters know, shout out to my boy Alex Meacham, the first one to do it as the college broadcast during the coronavirus. All y'all haters that don't like what's going on, then we ain't got nothing to do with that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But Bearcat Nation, shout out to Alex Meacham, man, for reaching out to all of us, getting in touch with all of us, because a lot of us, lost contact with each other. Now we're able to contact each other through mm-hmm. the podcast, man. So, Alex, man, we give you all the thanks as well, my brother. Well, thank I appreciate you saying that, man. Oh, oh and before I go, uh, Bearcat mm-hmm. Nation, I told Alex this on the phone yesterday. Um, Bearcat Nation, Alex's address is 1305 <laughs> Imperial Drive. He has over 500 pair of Jordan. So, if you need his address, you guys hit me up on Twitter <laughs> at Tony Bobbitt nine one one. Hey, send them to the hood, man. Give them the address to the hood. <laughs> hey, Alex, man, thank hey, you, man. All love, man. You know that. All love to be with you. Hey, let's talk, man. Soon, man. For sure, man. Um, I appreciate you coming on, and uh, I'm definitely I'm, I'm gonna give you a shout. We'll catch up. Thank you call very you. much, Alex. All right, brother. Be safe. All right, my brother. All right. Bye bye. Later. I want to thank everybody for listening to our special episode, our interview series of the Bearcat Basketball Podcast. And once again, you can follow me on social media, on Twitter and Instagram, at Alex underscore Meacham. Meacham spelled M-E-A-C-H-A-M. Also on Facebook and LinkedIn, Alex Meacham. On Snapchat, at BigMeach41. And soon to be on TikTok. I appreciate everybody listening to the Bearcat Basketball Podcast. Go Bearcats.